This is Scripture Read Badly. A podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order. Attempting to avoid heresy and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit back and rejoice. Uh, Welcome, church. Uh, This is... Today's verse, it comes from Leviticus 16, verse 20, no, 31. That's 16:31. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statue forever. Uh, it says here, it shall afflict yourselves. So it's calling us to um, lay on our backs with our arms crossed like a vampire, as we are afflicted by rest and sleeping long into the day. This is Scripture Mm. Read Badly, and I am Jeremy with a Y. My name is Ryan, also with a Y, and uh, today we're talking about Leviticus chapter 16, the Day of Atonement. Now, Ryan, what does atonement mean? Atonement uh, means that you, when... Oh, man... That, that sucks. <laughs> All right. I think it has something to do with replacing something with something else or cleaning something. Would you agree or disagree with that? I would agree with that. Yes. Because you atone for something. That's what I was something. trying to say before, but I was just fumbling. Oh, please. Tell us more about what you think. Uh, nope. Nope. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to use a non-biblical... Uh, description of a term that is almost explicitly in the bible atonement is when something that one person has is replaced by something better by someone else uh so it doesn't have a paying for sentiment or it does it's just a replacement like an upgrade Darn it! We upgrade. Yes, it does. Okay. Payment. It's a payment. It, it's like it's like trading in your iPhone, but you have to pay a hundred dollars. So well. I could atone for my new iPhone. Ah. Uh, or is it man. to do with like um, a fine? Like I just spared, and I'm going to atone for that fine by paying this fine, paying the money. Does it have that like sentiment? Retribution. Retribution. Uh, so it's like revenge. Yeah. <laughs> So we kill someone and someone atones for our murder by murdering us. That's yes, what atonement you, is. <laughs> you can kill, but you can't murder. I quoted that I quoted that on a an online dating site the other day. <laughs> I am the best at those. Um so I think atonement is paying for something that we've done wrong. Uh-huh. To a higher power. So if I wrong you, I don't think I can... I can repatriate you, but I can't really atone for what I've done because you can't make me morally pure again. I think mm-hmm. atonement has to do with our relationship with God, that God cleanses us. So what Jesus did, he is an atonement for our sins. What we're talking about today is a day that they do a big ceremony that cleanses the people of sins that they haven't uh, dealt with 
yet or before in that year. Is that right? Is, is that your reading of the situation so far? Uh, yes, yes, more or less, and uh, also with the help of the internet. Ah, oh, man, I love the internet. I, I I feel like such a failure because I just totally messed up everything. No, you didn't. You allowed us to episode. discuss the different perspectives of what we're talking about. That's what this podcast is all about. Okay, sure. Discussion. So I. I guess what I was thinking of was substitution, which is a very common word, which I knew the meaning of, but I was thinking substitutionary atonement, and so I was taking the substitutionary part of that and not the atonement part of that and defining the wrong word. So with the help of the internet, it's finally got me back on track. Praise God for the internet. Do you want to quickly Uh, say what the substitution atonement theory is and why, why not you agree with it? Uh, yeah, I can, I can fumble through that too. Um, (laughs) but right before that, let me just say Google's definition, or at least the top definition on Google says that it is the action of making amends for a wrong or injury. Then there's a religious definition as well, but just looking at the base of the word atonement, um, it's just making amends for something. So it's making up for something that has happened either to you or that you have done. So, okay, yeah. So it's even simpler than I thought. Yes. So uh, in the case of substitutionary atonement, I think... I'm not Is it, it the right idea now. that uh, G- we wronged God... And without Jesus, we're all damned to hell, which is a fiery place, because God's wrath against our sin needs to be satiated. And Jesus right, stood so in God the... Right, so God took it out on Jesus. Yeah, okay. so God has this lust and this wrath that needs to be satiated. And because he didn't want to take it out on us, he sent Jesus to be the receiver of that, because he substituted for our atonement. Is that what you understand? Right. Yeah, so God is like a really big cannon, an energy cannon from some sci-fi movie that's been charging up for a very long time. And then it gets to the point where it's beyond, uh, it's the point of no return. So God has to take it out on someone. Yep. And so it's either taking it out on all of humanity or at the last second, Jesus pulls the cannon away towards himself. And so then the energy blast hits him. I think I just have energy blasts in my mind because of the release of the Avengers. And so I'm just kind of, I'm all in that headspace right now. But uh, I think that was one of the most perfect examples I've ever heard. Oh, great. Thank you. And then Jesus is the only one that could take that blast because he was eternal. He was a right. god. But in, but in the process, Jesus went to hell on our behalf, which is what happened, according to the scriptures. Um, Or is it? Yes. He went to death, or some kind of storage place for death. Right, so, like, he went to Sheol or something. He went to the the resting place. Yep. The shadow of existence. The The shadow of existence from which he should not have been able to return... But because of God's power and the Holy Spirit working through Jesus and with Jesus, he was able to come back from that point. So, uh, okay, so did Jesus actually go to hell? We can talk about that another time. But I think 
what you're getting at here is God had to take out his wrath on someone so Jesus stepped in as God was dealing the finishing blow yep and took it for us yep so I um, disagree with that whole thing okay but I I see the logic in why you would see it like that right well I was just describing it so yep. I, I'm not I'm not necessarily on board with it either, but I would love to hear why you disagree with that. Oh, I won't say why I disagree. I'll just say what I believe. I believe God made us for life and anything that has a touch of death in it, God hates and wants to get rid of. And so Jesus came to take death away from us. So there is a way and to adopt us into the Godhead so that we could live forever. And so, atonement for me is uh, when we have done something wrong, we pay for whatever we have taken away or whatever we have killed or whatever we have Mm -hmm. changed so that life can continue. So, a lot of Leviticus, a lot of Deuteronomy is a lot of God saying, if you do this, you will die. So, don't do this. And if you do, do this thing so that you will not die. It's not, you're all terrible people and I hate you, so you need to kill this goat so that I don't hate you anymore. I don't think that's God's attitude to us. Right, and that's a very pagan view of God's, isn't it? Because that was was their whole mentality. Um, The mentality of the Egyptians when they were there and all throughout the Old Testament. There's all these gods that they are interacting with and thinking specifically of Baal or Baal or, or Baal, Baal or Baal. Baal. Uh, I've always said Baal, um, which doesn't make sense if you consider the pronunciation of Aaron. It should be Baal. But I, I don't know. I don't even but remember how is, I say it. That's beside the point. So with that God, B-A-A-L, uh, he, the view of that was they had to sacrifice to him in order that they would not... Uh, be punished so he was a a beast that was to be satiated yep. by their sacrifice and that is kind of the the pagan view of god oh same with molech right um, same with molech exactly with a lot of these uh these non yahweh gods uh it was it was the same thing they sacrificed in order that they were not punished and hopefully, if they sacrifice big enough or well enough uh, or frequent enough, they would receive the favor of the God, and then that would lead to blessing and so forth. But it was but never known. I, like, it was never assured. It, exactly. It was always up in the air. They had no idea how it was going to go. Um, and it seemed as though the more they sacrificed and received blessing, it was like they... Uh, it seems as though the people that have a lot more give a lot more, but it often is in order to protect themselves yeah. from further harm or punishment or something, because they think they're in a they want more power and all that, so they give more to the gods. But that's not how Yahweh was outlining things in the Torah, um, and when he was talking about the Day of Atonement, or even just the concept of atonement in general, uh, it is I'm with you in that I disagree with God being some kind of beast that's hungry that we need to feed 
And if we give him enough food at the right time, then he'll stay away from us. He's not a shark in the water yep. that is swimming close to us in order to eat us because he's hungry. Um, we have to... What he asks us to do is to have this concept of the assurance of salvation, I guess. Yep. Because he always said, you are my people and I am your God. Yep. He, he didn't say, if you do... If you give me this lamb or this ox or whatever it is, then you will be my people. Well, I mean, he kind of did, but his meaning in that was... Well, that no. will be. He just said it straight up. You're my people. And then he said, don't sin. And if you do sin, these are the things I want you to do. He was very clear the whole time. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he does instruct people to offer these animals and things. But I think it is in order to keep them humble, perhaps. Um, because God doesn't have a bloodlust. He's not out there trying to get back at us because we robbed him of something um yeah he's he's not like that he's not like that right from the very beginning he was a god of love who created out of love in order to enjoy his creation and he gave eve to adam who he had given life to in order that they may be fruitful and multiply and bring life to the whole earth and yeah, it was never babies. ever about death. <laughs> uh, death was something that was introduced not by God. True. Um, it was something twisted and evil. It, in fact, is the presence of evil. When, when God had the tree of life, and it was the, uh, there was a tree of life, and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The evil was death. When God said, "If you eat it, you will die." It was that you will know death. Your the wickedness that you begin to understand. It was like a disease that would spread throughout all humanity and the ends of the earth. So, I think when God was saying the, uh, when He was saying these laws of atonement and and even with substitutionary atonement, I believe that God has always been a God of life and He's always been a God of love. Yeah. And his heart has always been to save people. And all throughout the Old Testament, there are all these instances of non-Jews being grafted into the Jewish family. Classic non-Jews. And even in the book of Isaiah, there are multiple prophecies about light and hope for the Gentiles. Yeah. And how that was God's ultimate plan, was that everyone would be included in the salvation. Yep. Not just the Jewish people. So... I don't believe that there was some insatiable wrath that only Jesus could satisfy on the cross. Yep. Like what you said, I believe that Jesus did that in order to save us from our own destruction that yep. we were bringing on ourselves. So, uh, what do you think about the, the line in that modern hymn that says, The Father turned his face away? I love that hymn. Uh, but... I love it too. I had it sung at my wedding. He does say over and over in the... The Prophets and Deuteronomy and his dealings with the people that Mm -hmm. when we sin, he can't hear our prayers. When we sin, he will turn away from us because we aren't doing what he called us to do. And his Mm -hmm. blessings will cease and bloody, bloody, bloody. So, I just don't think he 
he's letting us choose life or death. And when we choose death, we get death. Right. Father turns his face away. Uh, we sing so it in church think... sometimes here, but it's way too slow. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, organist, uh, speed up! <laughs> I think with the Day of Atonement, and in fact all the sacrifices that are outlined in Leviticus that we've gone through before, yep. um, I think that God was helping the people of Israel to understand that if you sin, there are consequences. Exactly. There is a price to pay. It is not that. Uh, I believe that in fair winkles. Is... <laughs> no, I don't. I believe actually. in fair winkles. Fairy winkles, just for me. All right, this episode I don't even seems believe to in have fairies. a lot of... What? I don't believe in fairies. What about um in games that you play? Do... You don't believe they're real. In the games? Well, like in Zelda? Okay, well, in Zelda, yes, they're the only fairies that are real, obviously. Uh, okay. Anyway, but, but you believe... I think, I think that with the... Um, with God saying there are consequences for your actions, it, humanity has, right from the beginning, been eternally in God's debt. Eternally. First of all, he gave us life in the first place. So there, we should just give our life back to him and live it in a way that glorifies him and so forth. But then when we allowed death to take over the life that God had ordained on the earth and in our lives, from that point on, there is no way whatsoever that we can ever pay God back for giving us life in the first place. So when it came to Jesus coming... If Jesus was just human and he was the best human that we could nurture, that we could produce. Yep. Say say Jesus was just a perfect man who would never ever sinned and and all that, then he would have been a sacrifice in the in the sense uh that he is like the uh, the lamb or whatever on, on the day of atonement, he is the the animal that we bring. Yeah, right. Um, because that's that's God's whole deal with these sacrifices that we bring the best that we have, or the equivalent of uh, damage that we've caused another person or ourselves or God. We bring a sacrifice in accordance to that. But even with the most spotless of lambs. It was never, ever good enough to uh, to pay God back for how we screwed up in the Garden of Eden. So I think with Jesus coming, he would have only been the, uh, the atonement sacrifice equivalent to what is outlined in the Day of Atonement if he was a perfect human alone. Does that make sense? Hmm... Say it again, what I'm but trying with to say different is, words. Okay, I feel like there's something different about Jesus' sacrifice because he is God. Yep. Um, that there is not a one-to-one parallel between the sacrifice of atonement that we see here in Leviticus oh, yeah, and the sacrifice of Jesus. Yep. 
because it was God sacrificing himself on our behalf, yeah. not us sacrificing something on our behalf. Yeah. And that's why when he came back, when he went to the shadow of reality, when he died, some yeah. people argue that he goes back and talks to all the Jews and says, hey, I'm Jesus. Will you make me the Lord of your life? And they're like, yeah, Jesus. Because wow. the Day of Atonement didn't cover them completely or eternally. Huh. Okay. You've never heard that before? Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, I agree it does. Yeah. I mean, I it all feels a little bit fantastical to me. Oh yeah. The whole very much. Uh the the shadow of reality. I mean, that in itself sounds like a, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or something like that. Oh, we should write one. The shadow of yeah. reality. And Jesus is just there like, "Hey, I'm your NPC <laughs> for this one." It's <laughs> like, whoa, Jesus, that's the best. That's perfect. Every every dice roll he does is a natural twenty. Okay, yep. so that probably lost a lot of our listeners. But um, when it comes to where people go when they die, there's the story that we will get to probably in about six months' time, Ooh. where it's Saul and, and the Witch of Endor, which is not an Ewok, even though I wish it was. Uh, he goes there and it's right before Saul dies. He's going into war against the Philistines or something like that. And he consults a witch and the witch says, what, who do you want me to bring up for you? And he says, bring up Samuel. Samuel's already dead. And so then apparently the ghost of Samuel appears to Saul and says, you shouldn't have consulted me. First of all, that's violating a direct commandment from God that he gave way back in the law. But second of all, if you go into this battle, you and your sons, all of them will die. You're all going to die. But that didn't stop Saul. He, he was just afraid and he went, oh, well, it's too late now. I have to go through with this. And then him and all his sons died, including Jonathan, who was so cool. Um, so what I'm saying there is that they consulted a ghost, allegedly, of Samuel, Ooh. who prophesied to Saul from beyond the grave. So, I don't really understand the Hebrew uh, view of life beyond death. Yep. Because Samuel says something like, you disturbed my rest. So, I guess he was resting. He wasn't partying in heaven. And then even then, I don't really know if heaven is like a temporary place before we get to the new earth. Or yep. whether heaven is the end destination. So... Life beyond death is just lost on me because I haven't experienced it and there's no way for anyone to experience exactly. it. Come back and you that heaven is for real, kid. In which case, it was a hoax, apparently. Yep. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's why when people get into talking about eschatology, I'm like, boo. Like, I have an opinion, yeah. but it's unfounded yeah. on pretty much everything. Yeah, well, I mean... The only founded opinion was that of John the Apostle, who or John whoever, who had the, the vision. Yeah, but that vision he was, was a, talking about something different. Yeah, but then... I how, just how can care. they? Okay, well, how about we get back to Leviticus 16 then? Because yeah, right, that's so verse 2... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but seriously, right at the beginning of this chapter, we read that it... it is right on the back of the sons of Aaron dying 
and that was that was what we read about back in Leviticus 10 before we read about all the bodily discharges and stuff yep um and so it's talking about how right on the back of Aaron's sons dying uh the Lord told Moses to get Aaron to come and make atonement inside the holy place inside the veil so it is the holy of holies um it, within the tabernacle that only the high priest goes into or Moses in this special case yep but Aaron is the one that is supposed to come in and sac- and sacrifice to God on behalf of his house yeah and so, also on the back of his yeah. son's dying God wasn't like oh you did it bad once you can never do it again get out everyone he's like okay yeah. that's the way you don't do it and here's the way I want you to do it and he's very detailed yeah. in how he describes it. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's other sons do a good job, yep. from what I've read in Leviticus and and further on. They're probably not the so, third children, right? Classic, <laughs> classic thirds. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'm a third kid. Yes, I do all right. Oh, I do fantastically, yeah. but I'd probably be doing some interesting things in the temple place. Uh, he <laughs> shall put on the holy linen cl- coat. And shall have the linen undergarment on his body. Oh, is this why the Mormons have weird underpants? And he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turbot. So he's got all of these things that he has to do, like wear certain things and bathe a certain way. Yeah. Even before he starts the whole thing. Yeah, so he's dressed up as linen man and he has to have a special mineral bath. Um, but yeah, you're right. This is all before he actually goes into the tabernacle and does the usual uh, ceremonial washing of hands and lighting of the altar and, and all the other things as well. So, uh, what do you make of that? All of his clothes? <laughs> well, he needs some protection because he's going to be dealing with a lot of blood. Yes, and that's true. You don't want lots of blood before you start. You want to look pretty nice. What? Linen is white naturally, isn't it? I think so. So that sounds like a laundromat's nightmare. Yeah, get that out. but they probably have a pretty good system. They probably have some good bleach or some kind of... What are those pods that people are eating now when they shouldn't? Have you heard that? What? There's no? these pods that look like candy... So, but not pods candy. No, it's like uh, oh. <laughs> detergent that you put in your washing machine, and these what? kids online oh. have been eating it as like a cool, fun game, and oh. then they get sick, and then other kids do it too. Well, you should Google it. Wow, I know something about meme culture that you don't. <laughs> Take that, man. Ryan. I'm I'm not very immersed in meme culture anyway. I didn't even know. That Harambe had become this symbol of the ultimate achievement until I heard my little brother talk about it with my older brother, funnily <laughs> enough, who's who's now a year seven teacher. So, uh, yeah, they they talk about random meme things. I think something they're saying these days is, oh, what is it? They say, uh, yeah, I'm spacing. I don't know anything about meme culture. So what is it? Laundry. Uh, it's like laundry pods. Challenge. Oh what? Yeah, laundry oh, you, pod challenge. Are you googling it right now? Yeah, right now. 
That's, so it's like the uh, opposite of the ice bucket challenge. Instead of like doing nice things for a good charity, oh, yeah. it's like let's poison ourselves and make people laugh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. The Tide Pods challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tide well, apparently, apparently he's just biting into a pod made by this company Tide. Yep. I guess it's laundry detergent. That sounds so gross. Yeah. And people are getting sick from it. Are people dying? Uh, I don't know, but definitely people are getting sick from it. Hmm. It's so odd. Tide Pod Challenge is odd. Yep. Okay, yep. And it really has become a meme, hasn't it? I think I saw some of those back when it was a thing, but... When this episode airs and when people listen to it in the future, this will be so outdated. You can look up Tide Pod Challenge for yourself. Yeah, you boys can. And girls. Google it. And also Google um, Tails from Sonic and... Ha- no, Knuckles. That's the other one why? I know about. Knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like something about showing people the way. I don't know where it's from. It's like gra- grammatically Knuckles. incorrect. You know Knuckles from Sonic and Hedgehog? Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog? Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not the main character. Do you know the way? Yep. yep. That's what. Okay, that's so weird. Okay. So weird. So, um, in Leviticus 16, they also had memes <coughs> that um, mm-hmm. they would cast lots over the two goats, and one lot. <coughs> excuse me, I'm just going to cough. <coughs> uh, so after he's put on his sweet clothes, he takes yep. two goats from the congregation of the people of Israel. And he also mm-hmm. takes a bull, and he uses the bull as a sin offering for himself, so that he right. and his household will be um, clean and atoned for and ready to do mm-hmm. this cool thing on behalf of the Israelites. And then he takes yep. the two goats, and the two goats represent two things. One of them, and he casts lots to figure out which one is which, but one of them is presented alive before the Lord. And it's sent away into the wilderness. It is called the goat, the something goat. Or maybe it even says. One second, please. Nope, can't see it. But it has a special name, like the goat. Why can't I think up the word? My mind's just gone blank. And then the other goat sorry, I was, is sacrificed sorry, I was, for um, uh, the sin of the people. But the right. sin is put on... The scapegoat? The scapegoat! That's what it's Sorry, called. Sorry, I was... I was uh, Looking at the way, finding the way? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually know the way now, thanks to That's Knuckles. No, Knuckles but I was uh, signalling with my wife, and we're not very good at reading each other's lips. So <laughs> I'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, not on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Okay, yep, so the, the scapegoat and then the sacrifice goat. And then um, there's a lot of incense being thrown around to make things smell very good, and then there's a lot of sprinkling of blood with his finger. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's a very big ritual that has to take place. And this is on the behalf of the iniquities of the people. Mm-hmm. And all their transgressions. Oh, yeah, that's what he puts on the head of the goat and sends it away into the wilderness. Right. 
So it's like, here's all our sins, take them away from the community. Mm-hmm. And it's on behalf of people who haven't necessarily um, gotten atonement for their sins already. It's like a just-in-case clause. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like that could be a part of some church traditions that every Sunday they give this moment of doing a confession together. Mm-hmm. Um which could be a reality check, but it also could be just these moments of, if you haven't um, sought forgiveness this week, here's your chance to do it overall. Silently before God. Yeah. And I wonder, because we do that at our church, and I'm wondering if there's a way to make it more open. Like, hey, we're going to do this confession together, and then we're just going to have a moment of silence to do it more detailed but then does god need detail does god need to go need us to go one by one over all of our sins or can we just stand and say that prayer that that guy says like hey god i'm a sinner forgive me Hmm. and then we're good to go uh well much in the case of these sacrifices so i'm just readjusting on this faux leather couch i think the those faux leather things, yeah faux leather pleather uh, which does not start with F um, I use a pleather. lot of the time faux and no one here knows what it means it just means it just fake, means right? false yeah false yeah, yeah. false fake same thing faux same thing um, I think it's all for us sacrifices I think they are in order to get our hearts right before God God yeah. doesn't need us to kill a bull he doesn't need us to kill a lamb uh, and in the case of confessing specific sins to God, he doesn't need us to do that. But often we need us to do that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and ivory. Job did a similar kind of sacrifice... Uh, just in case sacrifice on behalf of his kids. Oh yeah. Back before his kids got killed, um, which was probably a good thing, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting how there's lots. Uh, this is covered in a lot of different ways. Hey, this sacrifice. He does so many different sacrifices, yeah. and each of them have their own significance, including the scapegoat which is a just-in-case kind of thing. Uh, Man, imagine being that goat, like it was a Pixar movie, and you're a scapegoat, and you put... And he's voiced by Mike Myers. This guy has blood all over his hands. Voiced by Mike Myers. uh, This guy has blood all over his hands, puts the sin, apparently, on this goat's head and sends him out into the wilderness. And he's just like, well, I got no herd... I'm just gonna be over here, live alone, I guess. Die alone. Oh, poor little scapegoat. He's like the emo Come to think of, it, of scapegoats. Yeah, that it sounds like a really sad Pixar movie. Yep. Maybe that wouldn't work. Yep. Uh, all right. So, uh, but back to what we were talking about, generic like generic confessions, because sure. the rest of the book is about specific things because they want maybe God wants us to 
feel the weight of our specific sins too. And that's why it's not just chapter 16 and that's the end of Leviticus. Mm. And so, yes, there are times when we just need to confess that we sin and we are sinners and that's what we do. But there's also a, a case and a point to be like i stole this from a guy and it was awful and i'm sorry about that i'm gonna yeah. deal with it mm-hmm. yeah i oh, well god has always uh it's always been his goal to get our hearts right before him and give us every opportunity and means to do so yeah and i think that i think that holds up as well today as it did way back then yep uh with all these different sacrifices and specific things, make atonement in this way and that way with different people and in different uh, circumstances. And God's goal is just that we will have right standing, righteousness before him. Because that's what he wants from us. So I, I guess in the case of generic confessions, it... Yeah, it's it's good that we confess sins in a general kind of way and they used to do that at the church that I went to in Newcastle and it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely a time where you remember things that you might have done wrong or you remember things that you definitely did do wrong and didn't uh didn't repent of and so in one sense it's if there's sins just between you and God, or maybe you were feeling selfish in a certain regard, or you didn't want to have a quiet time, or whatever it was, yeah, that's good to get right before God, and that's a good place to do it. But if it's something that you are remembering in that time of reflection that you wronged somebody else, then that's a great time to make a note of it so that you can actually repent of it and make amends with yep. someone. So, yep. Um, Okay, so getting back to the Day of Atonement, let's uh, let's kind of wrap things up then. Um, do you have any any closing thoughts about this that you haven't already shared? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, like when I used to read Levit- like when I used to read the Bible through, I would always yep. skip over all of Leviticus except this chapter. And when I said that out loud to a friend the other day, they looked at me like I was the devil. But I feel like this is quite a big crux to even the Pentateuch, that -hmm. God wants us to be specific in our dealings with sin. Yeah. That's all. What what are you going to say? Um... I... I don't know. I think I've said it all. I think I specifically, uh, it helped me to verbalize the the fact that God didn't need any of this. But he wanted it for our sake. I think that was was a good uh, understanding to reach. And when it comes to Jesus being the sacrifice, I think it was a uh, a different kind of thing. We can get into another time, but... um, substitutionary atonement how about we could we could probably make that a some somewhere down the line we'll make a description discussed episode oh, true. and that'll be a that'll be a good one oh uh, and speaking of which yep oh yeah go ahead nope. uh it, it was a sabbath day so it was also a day where people would stop 
and review their lives and celebrate the right. parts that they did well and then deal with mm-hmm. the parts that they didn't go well. What were you going to say? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of bonus episodes, uh, if you want to get involved in our Patreon community, that would be awesome. We have a few different tiers, including uh, biscuit chefs, soil tenders, and theologians, uh, among others. And different things have different perks, uh, including getting postcards mailed to you that have been designed and written on by us, uh, and potentially a cheeky mug delivery as well so uh which is a mug with cheeks right um yes it is a mug with cheeks that is a cheeky mug indeed uh so you can find that by going to patreon.com slash scripture at badly and it's in the show notes so you can always click it down there too and beside that find us on the social media that'd be great love to have yes find us on the social media on the social media. The one singular, the singular social media. Socialmedia.com. All right. Uh, closing advice, Jeremy. Got anything for us? Uh, when you have a vacuum cleaner in your house, just use it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to me, I didn't know I had a vacuum cleaner until an hour and a half ago. So the whole episode, I've been looking around, seeing dust near me and just being like, you're about to die, dust. <laughs> so use your vacuum cleaner. Yes, use your black loom cleaner. Yeah, I can't and say words anymore. with that said, I'm Ryan. I am Jeremy Barry Randall, owner of a visa. Great. Yes, we love having visas and passports and all the, the other things that we need. Definitely. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Okay, well, uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay, Bumblebee Tuna. One.